This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. I'm Ben from the Super Nerds UK podcast, baby. The best podcast in the world. And you're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, a podcast for the common man, if you will, the wrestling fan who's fallen on hard times, baby. On the Orbital Jigsaw Network, baby, if you will. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 67. I'm Nick Howell. And more devastating than a finger snap from Thanos, I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And we have just witnessed what is being known as the greatest Royal Rumble. The the quote-unquote greatest Royal Rumble. And I don't know if we're going to really be able to back up that uh, that name for the show. I don't no. know if it was the, the greatest royal rumble ever but it was certainly a royal rumble and it uh it's a royal rumble happened there were certainly moments in here that will go down in history uh as being some very memorable moments and one <laughs> one in particular which we'll get to which may be the greatest royal rumble moment of all time but uh but i digress we get ahead of ourselves on this uh we are the busted wide open podcast thank you for joining us and uh if you would please head on over to facebook and join the busted wide open discussion group we have a lot of fun over there discussing the show discussing wrestling memes and and all the other fun stuff that was quite lively uh this weekend i should say oh yes yes it was Uh, the, uh, it was. the, the, the interaction in the conversations to all of you that are in the busted wide open discussion group with us was fantastic. Thank you for chiming in and, and joining in those conversations. Also head over to Twitter and follow us at BWO podcast. We do chime in there quite a bit and that's the best way to get our newest episodes as soon as they're released. But Ian, um, all controversy aside, we really have to look at the absolute breadth and scale of this show that that took place in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia uh, this past Friday. Yeah, it was absolutely. You could tell from this from the shots that they got. It's, first of all, the arena itself was huge, and the show that they put on was definitely. Uh, you could see where the money went. Let's, I think all of the pyro they saved up the last year and a half they used at this show. Yeah, um, we had fireworks, like massive show, like what normally would be like a the end of a WrestleMania level of fireworks multiple times during this show uh you had this vast open arena of these ma- you know it looked like a wrestlemania set um the floor plan was a little weird where you had like the royal family and all their buddies in these nice couches right around the ring and then the rest of the peons out in the bleachers way way out in the back you know like how did they even see anything uh well i think that's what the monitors were for the big tv <laughs> screens 
Um, but you know, it, it was it was a weird setup, and I I think it definitely hurt some of the product in the sense that it seemed like a lot of the people that were in the couches at the front really could give two craps about what they were watching. A lot of people walking back and forth and on their cell phones a had lot. Had their backs turned every now and then. Yeah. You, you had a few kids. You had some people kind of in the backs of those sofas, like getting excited. Uh, I saw a couple signs getting raised of people jumping up and down. One dude in Nakamura shirt holding up a, a Going in Raw podcast uh, sign, which, nice. was, which was kind of cool. I was like, Jesus, they have fans in Jetta. But you could definitely tell that for the most part, it's not what you would expect from a WWE front row yeah, section. No, and I think that that definitely hurt some of the matches in terms of excitement. And there was also like a hundred feet between the the edge of the ring and the the barricade. That's what I mean. Is usually those are all full up with seats, but for some reason I, I don't know security or whatever it was that, that was just empty. Yeah, uh, between the the couches and then the beginning of the bleachers. Well, it begs the question for me, Should is this one of the things that, that we should talk about before we get into the rundown of the matches, or you tell me if we should save it to the end, but uh, I mean, I, I didn't enjoy this as much as I wanted to. Uh, it felt very, very long. It took me five sittings to get through wow. the entirety of this thing, mainly because I was trying to watch it at night before bed and I kept dropping off because it wasn't that everything wasn't crazy exciting or it was pretty formulaic. It was pretty predictable well this is the thing you know? I mean, obviously we'll get into our overall thoughts at the end but yeah. it, it was i mean as is being said on the internet it felt like a glorified house show it did uh and we'll get into some of the reasons why as we get further in the show a lot of them being uh the titles that changed hands or rather didn't change hands the way that the matches were structured in terms of as you said this kind of the formulaic nature of the matches yeah um and it didn't really, while the presentation was very monumental, the the actual product itself compared to what we're used to seeing at, at these at an event, not even this size, but just any kind of you know major event, it didn't have that same kind of weight. A lot of these matches, uh, whether it be the finish or whether it be the outcome, um, the actual Royal Rumble itself, the fifty man Royal Rumble was an interesting experiment as well because they've never done one that long and there were definitely ups and downs to the size. Uh, I thought that it was interesting seeing a lot of the the different people that they had come out. That was cool, but it was a slog. Yeah. It was long. It was this show a long was long. time to go. I thought it was bad. I took me three sittings to get through this, but five, man. Damn. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I we, even had to go back one time and make sure I remembered the outcomes of some of the matches before we sat down and recorded this show today. Yikes. So uh, I wanted to talk about, we, we made a really big deal last week about uh, the lack of women, and we really put ourselves out there. But we did get some, co- I guess you'll call them commercials, during this on the network with, that featured some of the women. And I'm wondering, uh, Car- Carmela specifically, I think they did their their We Are the World music video thing. That well, the We Are the World, yeah. They're, they're, they're by the way, from now on, the uh, pay-per-views are co-branded was the, was the ad. Well, the thing right. is, that also played in the stadium, and they got in hot water for that. Oh. There was a controversy. Oh. So here's the thing. Not only did, did WWE not mention that there weren't that their women weren't there. They didn't address it. They didn't bring it up at all. It wasn't even on the radar. Uh, but the one time they did show women, uh, it was Carmella in her ring gear, which is, you know, it's a, it's a skin tight singlet bathing suit, uh, essentially. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was shown in the stadium Uh-oh. and they actually, and they had to make uh, an apology afterwards <laughs> for showing this, this, clip of this you know american dressed woman in public uh and and actually the uh the saudi general sport authority uh issued 
a uh, an apology. It said that, uh, the General Sport Authority would like to apologize to the viewers and attendees of last night's WWE event that took place in Jeddah over the indecent scene involving women that appeared as an ad before a segment. It would like to confirm its total disapproval of this in the shadow of its commitment to eliminate anything that goes against the community's values. The authority has made sure to ban showing of any segment that involves women wrestling or any scenes related to it and stipulated that to the company, WWE. The authority also disapproved any promotional stuff with pictures or videos showing women in an indecent way and emphasized on commitment of this rule. And it's a commitment that the authority would still commit to forever in all of its events and programs. Basically, what they're saying is we, we can't stand that they showed women in this you know indecent way, quote unquote, and we're never going to let them show women here. So Triple H's idea of progress I mean, this could just be, you know, the conservative arm of, of Saudi Arabia saying, no, but let's face it. Let's take a step back and say Triple H's idea of, you know, oh, no, we're going to help them be progressive. We got to get our foot in there and then we can help them be progressive. That's not the message they're sending with this. But wasn't it, though, because they had a commercial with a woman uh, in a headscarf t- talking about how progressive Jeddah and Riyadh have been and they were women can drive now. And yeah. All of oh, these yeah. Things, that right? nice little propaganda piece, which is right. the hope, which is what I wanted to get to, which is this whole WWE show came across as a happy, smiley propaganda piece for how pro- progressive Saudi Arabia is with its view 2030 uh, program with uh, its new crown prince trying to act all progressive to the outside world in order to to hopefully get more business. Uh, in the outside world, you know, and 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 create a new future for Saudi Arabia that's free from oil. In order to do that, they have to play nice with everybody else. And to do that, they need to have publicity showing how happy and progressive they are. Well, the problem is, is that on the one hand, you have the propaganda that WWE was putting out there on their own show and having their announcers talk about, et cetera, et cetera. How great. Oh, it's Saudi Arabia is so beautiful. People here are so nice, which, by the way, I'm sure it is. And I'm sure they are, but the pandering that comes across when they do that and all of the other propaganda that they inserted into the show and then having on the other side, Saudi Arabia turn back around and say, hey, all this all this kind of uh, backwards mentality about uh, women's rights and, and LGBTQ rights and all the rest that people have problems with, not to mention their poor record as far as, uh, you know, international relations um, and and fund you know p- funding terrorism and all the rest of it blah blah blah. We don't want to get into that too much on this show. But the bottom line is is that what we got was a big commercial for Saudi Arabia yes. from WWE with some wrestling involved as well. Yeah. And that left for me at least a real bad taste in my mouth, especially when they've said they're going to have another show here in November and potentially you know two or more shows there a year going forward. Uh, that's Oh, to me, I think that they're staring down a potential PR nightmare if this continues. I have one question before we get into the matches about how a, a, a good portion of the people that were in attendance in Jeddah knew entrances, were wearing superstar gear, knew all of this stuff, but they're going to be offended. So that tells me that they watch WWE programming. So they're going to be are they are they editing it before it gets to their TV screens to take out all of the women's matches? So how how if they are this aware of all of the entrances and chanting along and singing along, they must watch. Ergo, how are they not seeing the women's matches right. on these di- weekly programs? And, and again, you know, not to get too deep into politics, but too late. You know, part of it is much like here in America, you have the conservative 
arm of the populace yeah. and and they tend to you know control a certain aspect of things um and i suspect that quite a bit of the the blowback on this is from the more conservative upper echelons of the society there and that a lot of the 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 society there a lot of the people there are generally tend to be a little bit more easygoing with it yeah you know what i mean um you were like you said we were seeing a lot of cena merch in the crowd we were seeing obviously yeah they watched the stuff and there was a clip someone had a a a a, a camera recording of the ad playing in the stadium and people's reactions and the general reaction you hear is people go, you know, you hear people kind of leering going, Ooh, and that yeah. kind of thing. But no one's going, Oh my God, I can't believe they're showing this or anything like that. Right. You don't get the, the no one's jumping off the roof There's of the no building outrage. going, Oh my God, I saw a naked woman. You know? <laughs> I, she has her hair down. Oh, how indecent. Yes. You know? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It's troubling. The bottom line is there's lots of aspects of the show that were troubling, but the fact is it was a WWE show. And for that reason alone, you and I need to talk about what happened on this show because we are a wrestling podcast that talks about sports entertainment and WWE primarily. Yeah. And there was plot that in, that that will be kayfabe in the rest of their programming. And that's what we really need to talk about here. You know, we've gotten the the troubling aspects of this show out of the way. We've we've addressed it. They're there. We all know they're there. Let's move on and talk about the main show. Yes. Uh, I want to say at the beginning, at the outset, that I was much more optimistic about the the outcomes of this being a little more unpredictable. And maybe I was still riding high off of the very unpredictable WrestleMania very unpredictable WrestleMania that we just got done doing. But I got <laughs> well, unpredictable for everyone but you. You had a very good turnout for your WrestleMania. Yes, I did. But uh, I was hoping for more than what we actually got here. Yes, yes it took me five sittings to get through because it was kind of exactly what everyone thought it was going to be for almost every single match. I was optimistic that they were going to swerve us on a few more things yes. and get a little, I don't know, creative. Yeah, well, you you went in with the hopeful idea of what WWE could be and yes. could be doing. I went in with the pragmatist uh, idea <laughs> saying, no, 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 this is WWE. Here's what's going to happen. And uh, as, as all y'all listeners will hear shortly, I dominated yes, on did. the pickums. Yes. Uh, so moving on to the first match of the night, we're going to talk about the very first match. They opened with John Cena versus Triple H. Two of arguably the biggest international superstars of the last 10, 20 years. So uh, obviously, get let's get the crowd hyped up and let's get everybody going and see made what they're sense. made of. Made yep. sense, actually, once, once they did it. And you know what? It did get the crowd hyped up. They were super psyched for this. Triple H came out first, and that crowd was live. Yes. Uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know that they would enjoy having water spit all over them as much as they seemed to enjoy it. But when I recognized that there was a good 100 feet between the, the ring and the first row... Uh, it probably didn't matter at all. Well, I thought the the thing I thought they would be more uh, not happy about is Triple H's classic uh, crotch chop, the uh, <laughs> suck it, which he very happily busted out at John Cena at one point, and I kind of went, oh, okay, uh, all right, Trips, uh, you do you. Yeah, um, but don't you look at a woman in a bathing suit. <laughs> Hey, man. Uh, this was mostly, a lo- much like a lot of other matches that happened tonight that we'll go over, this was one of those kind of just, it was very formulaic. It it, it was a John Cena match. It was very spot-heavy between the two of them. Lots of it was this a, getting thrown it back It was a John forth. Cena match at a Triple H pace. Yes. Uh, it was very, uh, the, the word they like to use is methodical. <laughs> methodical match. Uh, it was... Yeah, it was basically just a test of strength and stuff like that. Like I said, it was a house show style match. Yeah. 
you know, that not really that exciting of a match really it was it was more i think we'd be more exciting if i had never seen a wwe show especially if i'd never seen it live and especially if it was in such a big you know presentational event if like i was there and i was a saudi kid i'd be freaking out over this match i'd be yeah. like that was amazing yes on my couch at home in the u.s i was kind of like what are you guys doing i saw this in 2006 oh, you know, jesus <laughs> I've, I've i've seen this on a on a, on a dark show you know I've, it's yeah, so it was, but it was what it was. It was fine. Uh, John Cena did pull off the victory, which does make sense when you look at how many Cena shirts there were in the crowd, Yep, how much they were really playing to the kids, how many kids they cut away to throughout the whole show, but especially during this match. Um, Cena comes out to like a long line of kids, boys and girls, uh, high-fiving them all and telling them all it's about time to have fun. John Cena, obviously going to be the the superhero, the international superhero right. here. So it did make sense. I'm glad he won because, as we discussed on our last show, the preview show for this, had Triple H gone over, first of all, I mean, that's Triple H should not be going over at this point. And Cena is the bigger star. He's the guy who's still more of the marquee guy internationally so uh you know i thought a little bit too much about this uh or not enough i guess you could i think say. that will be the theme of our show today yeah Nick. it kind of is uh triple h ends up taking the pin from john cena after 27 aas and it was just two it was just this I'm isn't just, roman reigns brock lesnar right uh we'll get to that but yeah john cena wins you win the first pick em. so one to nothing so far next up we've got the cruiserweight championship which was uh kalisto versus cedric alexander current your home, champion your hometown boy. the hometown boy yeah your your boy cedric alexander yeah this now did, did you think this was better or worse than the wrestlemania match against uh, mustafa ali uh about the same it, it kind of had it, i would say it was a smidge worse i really, really enjoyed the mustafa ali match a little bit more than the, i want i don't want to use the word worse i enjoyed the mustafa okay. ali match a little bit more than this one but they were both kind of on the same footing. It wasn't way too much like you can get out of the cruiserweights with all the flippy shit, but it wasn't boring. It wasn't it didn't just sit around and do nothing. So I I it, this was fine. It was a great defense by Cedric and you know it, the ending was what it was. Let's get Kalisto out of the I think this was a It was like, a countering of the Salida del Sol into into the uh the lumbar check. Lumbar check. That yeah. Was beautiful. It was a nice one. Yep. There was a an incredible top rope seated uh 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 Spanish seated. fly. Oh, his springboard. He sat on his butt. Yeah, springboarded, springboarded into the Spanish, Spanish fly, fly which was incredible. Audience completely no sold it. Right. After the John Cena Triple H match, they were pretty dead for this match because they don't. I don't know if they know these guys or or whatever it was. They, the curse of the cruiserweights. No sold this match. Uh, I actually like this a little bit better than the WrestleMania match, partially because they weren't screaming heart and soul at each other the entire fair, time. Fair. Uh, and it's, it had a better pace to it. It was not as not as many rest holds. It, it seemed like it moved a little bit a little bit better for me. But at the end of the day, a very average match, as you said, not really going to set the world on fire. But yeah, Cedric picks up the win. He's still the champ, uh, as we both picked, as we both thought. Sure. It was, it was, they're not going to take it off of him this quickly in, in Jeddah. Uh, but yeah, I felt like it was the wrong crowd for this match. So we both picked it. Uh, score currently two to one. If we're if we're, if you're keeping score at home, keeping score. Uh, next up was the currently vacated Raw tag titles uh, featuring the Bar facing. Uh, are we officially calling them the Deleter of Worlds? I, they are officially calling them the Deleter of Worlds. Therefore, we are officially calling uh, them the Deleter of Worlds. If you just want to call them Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy and spend all that many more consonants and vowels, then you can go right ahead. <laughs> Uh, look, I, I really don't have much to say about this. I'm not a fan of the Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt team up in the first place. I don't think they're a legit tag team. 
I, I just I don't think this is going to last. I think it's a way to kind of usher the bar out the door in a sense, get them over to SmackDown Live, and we can move on. And you know, hopefully something happens this week on Raw where we set this Raw tag division in motion. That's really all I have to say about this match. And that was really all it was for was to to put a little bow on the superstar shakeup, send the bar yeah. over to SmackDown, and then have you know Bray and, and Matt have the belts on Raw and have people chase them because really. I think more in storyline than, than anything else. I agree with you. As a tag team, they're not. They don't have the the chemistry yet. They've got a couple of nice little tandem things that they do, but Matt really can't move in the ring at all. And so Bray has been acting as the hot tag, and he did here, and he is an exciting hot tag. But the problem is Matt is not really an exciting wrestler anymore because just because he can't freaking move. Yeah. Um, and the bar have the problem of either putting on fantastic matches like when they were facing off against the Shield. Or here, where they just are kind of dull. Yep. And this was a dull match. They they very much just laid down here for for Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. So well, that was the point. Was let's yeah. just get this over with. And it felt like a let's just get this over with match. Yeah. And but, if we both did pick uh, the leader of worlds. Yeah. Well, because it's that. the logical thing. We're yep. sending we're sending uh, Sheamus and Cesaro over to SmackDown. Good luck there, boys. Yep. And now we can move forward with the Raw Tag Division. And all of the, the, frankly, the revitalized Raw Tag Division. There's a lot of new talent in there. There's some guys who they need to stop having them be enhancement and really give them pushes. Yep. Uh, Revival, I'm looking at them. And uh, there's a AOP. lot they can do with it. Well, AOP, that's <laughs> the real me. question is what's going to happen with them? Will Matt and Bray be transitional and AOP dominates them and then can take their, frankly, their rightful place as the Raw Tag yes. Champs? Uh, moving on, the U.S. Championship. Jeff oh, Hardy. Just to be clear, we did both pick uh, them. So if you're keeping score at home, three to two, right? Yes. Sir. Okay. It, this is going to go south real quick. This, I'm, I'm making a point <laughs> of it. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, U.S. Championship. U.S. Championship. Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal. The first major botch of the night, by yep. the way. There's really not much else to talk about this match. It just was. It was a match. It was there, except for the part where Jeff Hardy goes up for the whisper in the wind, doesn't look behind him. Jinder's out of position, and Jeff Hardy basically just backflips onto the canvas. And Jinder, not knowing what to do, just bleh, just drops, <laughs> does a back bump because <laughs> I don't know if it was the breeze that knocked him over. The, having the commentary try to pick up and be like, uh, 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 trying to figure out what happened. Oh, the impact of Jeff Hardy knocked him off his feet. The wind as it went by, whatever it was. Oh, that was a bad botch. Uh, and I, you know, here's the thing. I can't fault Jinder, Jinder for it because he went with his instinct. Yeah. You know what I mean? He didn't know how it looked. He knew that Jeff just did a move and he's got to sell it. He didn't feel it, but it doesn't matter. You know, if someone kicks at your face and they don't quite hit your face, you still got to sell it. Yeah. So if you're I, in the top row of the upper deck in this stadium, you don't understand what just happened. You, you feel it looks like he hit him. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, unless you're watching on the monitors, in which case it's, I mean, he missed him by a right. country mile. But uh, at the same time, I really, if anyone, I'm, I'm going to blame Jeff on this one. He didn't look behind him. It's not the first time he's missed someone with a whisper in the wind. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Widman, one of our guys on, on Facebook, pointed this out that uh, completely missed him. And, uh, and the commentary wasn't really picking up. They, they were just all over they the place, too. They didn't know what too. to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it was that, was, a, that was a bad one. But Jeff does retain. He ultimately does beat Jinder again. So he keeps the uh, U.S. title on SmackDown. So here we go, Nick. Here's where your first big theory falls apart. You thought they were switching the IC belt and the U.S. belt. Yep. No, sir. Status quo. Yep. Status quo will be maintained. Yes. Uh, Let's just tread water. Yeah, <laughs> Let's basically, get through this pay-per-view. Basically. basically and, what they did. 
And you know what? I which I think is more appropriate. Keep Jinder on Monday without a title. Have Jeff have a longer run with the IC belt. He and Randy are obviously starting something over on SmackDown. Uh, Shelton Benjamin might be involved. This just makes more sense to me to have this happen. Unfortunately, when I was picking all of these matches, I was like, wow, there's a lot of matches where I don't think the titles are going to change hands. And that comes back to bite me later. But we'll get to that because we need to talk about the SmackDown live tag titles, the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos, which for some damn reason... You thought the Usos were winning this. And as I was watching the match, they had a flurry uh, during the second half of the match where they were doing tandem frog splashes. They were doing tandem heel kicks, super kicks. And I thought, okay, they might do this. It's called called a last-ditch effort by the faces in a squash match. I understand. This was a glorified squash. I've watched wrestling once or twice. I'm just saying. (laughs) But I did get that impression going, oh, wow, they might actually pull this off. You know, They might do this. They might flip these belts again. Nope, nope. Nope, should have just gone with a safe pick. It was basically a glorified squash match. Again. Yeah, I, I I saw them spending too much time with the Naomi angle on SmackDown to have it happen where the Usos take it off the Bludgeon Brothers without her help because she's not allowed in Jeddah. Okay. So I, I just could not see them dropping that angle just to put them on the Usos here. Uh, but yeah, this was a glorified squash match. Again, they're keeping the Bludgeon Brothers looking really, really, really strong. Uh, which is going to reinforce the angle where Naomi's going to come in and help the the Usos. She's going to be the thing that gets them over. Right. If they ever do take it off of them yeah. or, or, or whatever the, the angle that they decide to go with, she's going to be involved somehow. So until we get that, and I, I have to look and see if they have already scheduled another match at Backlash. I can imagine probably. that they probably would. Uh, but if they do, Naomi will be involved in that somehow. Mark my words so you did get that one i got it wrong you're up to five to two now i believe i mean at this point nick it's just yeah it's this is all downhill from here it's all downhill it's almost comical you don't need to keep track i've I've got the numbers at the end we'll come back uh but uh moving on we got the intercontinental championship ladder match four-way ladder match finn balor samoa joe seth rollins and the miz this to me was the the aside from the royal rumble this was the match of the show yeah i agree with that i think this was probably the most entertaining um, it wasn't just a, a formulaic full of spots kind of thing. You got to see a lot, and you love ladder matches. I love ladder matches, so this was a lot of fun for me as well. Um, I was uh, I didn't get to see much of Samoa Joe. That was a little bit of um one of my disappointments. I took away, but I don't know if he's built for a high flyer style match like this. Well, the very good point. I don't think Samoa Joe is really comfortable in the air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it was it was very centered around mostly Finn and Seth. And yep. I had the feeling it, that there's a reason behind that. There's a reason why the, the end of the match, the finish of the match, was Finn climbing the ladder with nobody in sight uh, and Seth leaping from the outside, on from the top rope, onto the other side of the ladder, scurrying up and grabbing the belt out of Finn's hands virtually, which was, a first of all, a great finish. Yes. Um, it keep, But it also keeps this kind of burgeoning rivalry between Finn and Seth going. And because that's going to be happening over the belt on Monday Night Raw, that's the storyline you push. And so that made a lot of sense to me uh, in hindsight that they would, that would be the major story of the match and The Miz and Samoa Joe were just there to kind of fill out the space and 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 provide, you know, other other bodies. But... This was a very entertaining match. Uh, as you said, I love ladder matches too. It did not have a lot of the things in ladder matches that I don't like. The long, slow climb up the ladder. People take their time. They didn't, didn't have a lot of that. You had some chaos. You had some use of the ladders, some creative use of the ladders, some gnarly spots to make you cringe. 
Uh, it had all of it. And, and it this was, was probably peak energy for the night. It's uh, uh, certainly you know? as far as in match. And it, yeah. it, it didn't start that way. The crowd didn't start off being that into it. And then they got, they got into this match by the end because they, they just pulled you in. You couldn't help it. Um, and it was a great visual at the end, too, because when Seth pulled the, uh, the, the belt off, the belt fell and hit Finn in the eye. If you watch, like, you know how Finn was busted open at the end of the match? Yeah. It's because the belt fell and hit him in the eyebrow. Oh, wow. And, it and I remember him. Seth falling off the ladder, but I don't remember that. If I went back and looked, I tried to find where Finn got busted open because he got busted open right at the outside edge of his eyebrow. Yeah. And it created a really cool look where he was disappointed and devastated afterwards. And he had this beautiful, like, you know, glistening swath of blood on the right side of his face. And it looked cool. I tried it. I was like, where the hell did he get busted open? And I went and looked. It's the belt hitting him in the face. Huh. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know. It made a good. It made a good visual for the end of this match too. So, this was definitely the most entertaining match of the night. The most most payoff. Although Seth did retain, as I called, they are keeping the Intercontinental Belt on Raw. There's more to do there, and uh, and there you go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get Miz his title reigns. But I think with cross branded pay per views, um, that's going to be that's going to be a much better uh, option for him. So, I uh, I thought Miz was going to get it. You picked Seth. Here we here we go, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think Miz is getting it till. Uh, I'm gonna say around. I'm gonna guess around October. I've said this before, but I think I think October is when he's gonna get the. I'll nine. say SummerSlam. Okay, all right, fair enough. Good enough. Let's mark it down. Yep, mark you it down. You heard it here. Uh, mark mark it down the way that you were saying that uh, the Usos were gonna beat the Bludgeon Brothers last so next week. Next up, we had the They're WWE so Championship match <laughs> with Shinsuke Nakamura facing off against AJ Styles. Um, was this better or worse than the WrestleMania match? I thought it was better. I thought it was way better. I it was, felt like I felt invested in it, like I didn't feel invested at the WrestleMania but match. The, but the thing is, is ultimately when you put all of their matches, because they're going to have more and more. We've already got a backlash match with them. This is going to go on for a while. All it's going to be a, a I, well <laughs> all year long. I don't know about all year, but it's going to go on for a while. I hope um, this is it's when you line it up. The WrestleMania match is going to be seen as the calm before the storm. A technical match where two guys are are fighting, but they don't really have that much vitriol involved in the match, right? It's just a, it's it's a it's a competitive, uh, f- almost a friendly match until the end of that WrestleMania match, and that's where things kick off. Yeah, and so now you've built to the next level where where Shinsuke is. You know, he's hurt AJ, he's hurt AJ's friends. Now the anger's there, the passion's there. They talk about how AJ losing control of his emotions, and he loses control of his emotions, and they both of them get counted out in this match, which was a lame finish, but it's understandable. They can't, they don't want to, they didn't want to give away the this match on this pay-per-view. I agree with the decision to do it as a DQ like that, or a count out, I should say. Well, and and I I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, listen, you, you you laughed when I said all year we got last year we got all year of Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. So if you're if I can get um, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles all year, I will take it. You got three months of Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. You did not get all year. It didn't run that long. It just felt like it ran all year. He wanted it backlash, and he didn't lose it until what? October? Well, Jinder had the title, but it wasn't Randy Orton the entire okay, time. It felt point. like it. We, it felt the, like a year. The Jinder reign went on forever. Yeah. The Jinder Randy feud felt like it went on forever. If Shinsuke and AJ go on forever, I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah. and especially what they're doing with it right now. It's so entertaining. Uh, but that being said, we both called Shinsuke to win this because that's where they're going with this. At some point, Shinsuke, I believe, will take this title off of AJ. Yeah, they'll ping pong it back and forth. Because that's just going to make that much more grist yeah. for the for the mill. You know what I mean? That, yeah. much more, that much more stuff to, to do in this feud. 
I thought it was going to be here because at this point, we'd had no titles change hands according to my picks. And so I was like, they have to change some titles, right? Wrong. They didn't change this one either. And if they're not going to change it, you can't have AJ go over Shinsuke clean. This was the only real way out of it. It did feel sudden at the end of this match, and it was a letdown. But at the end of the day, if that's how they're going to do this, fine. I'm curious. Now I'm going to pick Shinsuke again at Backlash. I'm telling you right now, because at some point I want that belt on Shinsuke and I want AJ chasing and I want him losing his mind and trying to get it back in a way exactly. like you saw at the end of this match after the count out, he goes straight over, uh, just bowls him into the, the timekeepers area, grabs a chair, starts beating the hell out of him, uh, springboards off of the, he's continuing to go on, beats him down, you can see tall. him starting to come undone a little bit over which, this, which is another thing that makes me think that Shinsuke is going to take it off of him. Yeah. Is that age is getting to stand tall a lot? Um, at least now he's not. Now he's not getting you know crotch chopped. Although he did take a crotch chop in this match at one point. The the peen shasa did show up. <laughs> it did show and up. I don't think it'll be the last time. Oh, a new no no no. There will be a legacy of peen shasas uh, by the time we're done I with all this. I would be surprised if we got some kind of no DQ stipulation for the back last match. Uh, I would love after to, all of this. You start giving me stipulation matches with AJ and Shinsuke. Oh. I'm all about oh. it. So neither of us got this one right. Yep. But we did get the next one. We both got the next one right, and that was the Undertaker versus Rusev in a casket match. I actually ended up being Rusev day because Aiden got involved sure. too, although it was mostly Rusev. And I think Aiden and Rusev did about as much as they could in this match um, to 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 make it entertaining. I, I Man, I love The Undertaker. I love me some Undertaker. What wrestling fan does not love some Undertaker? But man, I wish he had stayed retired. Same, same. Uh, you know, it's... It's, the entrance is still amazing, and with all the pyro and all of the extra stuff they had to throw at this particular Undertaker entrance, yeah, um, it was it was particularly memorable. This was a fantastic Undertaker entrance, um, but the problem is once the lights come up and he has to start wrestling, it's just not as pretty. It's just not pretty at all. And Rusev did his best. I, I was actually shocked. Rusev looked um, stronger in this match than John Cena did at WrestleMania. Oh. <laughs> He did. Woo. He got some offense in. There's a couple times where he knocked the Undertaker down, but obviously at the end, Undertaker just kicks the crap out of him, throws him and Aiden in the casket after giving Aiden a tombstone and a pile and a uh, choke slam. But the tombstone looked a little ugly. I, I know the, uh, Aiden had to be helped to the back afterwards. I don't know if that was selling or not. Uh, there was definitely a report that Aiden was a little little worse for wear. Uh, because he was a little bit low on the tombstone and actually bonked his head on the ground. I saw that. Uh, gave himself a little stinger or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, Undertaker unsurprisingly picks up the win here. Obviously, he's, you know, I, there's a reason that he's not doing all his matches against Roman Reigns anymore. Like right. he's 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 got to get some of that prestige back. Uh, but man, he got he definitely got the, one of the biggest reactions of the night. Oh, yeah. as you would expect. And that gong went off. That place lit up. Oh, come on. I mean. <laughs> To, to see an Undertaker entrance live, especially these days, is an event in and of itself. So I can only imagine the, for the the real wrestling fans in that crowd were just goosebump city because I, I I still am at home, man. Every time Gong goosebumps. Yeah. Well, hey, let's um, we, we got to do it. We got to talk about it. The the Universal Championship between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns again. Um, this was. Horrible to watch. I'm, I'm just going to say it. But now, what I will say, just before I, I, I... Management training, you always start with the good. I think this was one of the better matches between these two men. I want to say that. It, okay. Of all things considered, this was one of the better matches between these two guys in recent memory. So, But it was a match of nothing but like finishing and finishing moves. 
There was not a lot of grappling and mat wrestling happening, which I guess, frankly, you'd come to expect. But with Brock Lesnar, I would expect some stuff, some throwdowns, some something that's not just doing F5s and, and suplexes. And that's kind of what we got in this. And, of course, on the other side of that, about all Roman's good for is right hands, Superman punches, and spears at this point. Yeah. All, and he's turning into the spot monkey John Cena kind of stuff. All they were all they were doing in this match is, you know, is hitting all the buttons on the controller when you're playing the fighting game and doing yes. your super move. Like, it was just all that all the time. Spam, 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 the super move. Uh, which not only does it depower the moves now. Now, the F5 does not look as devastating. The spear doesn't look as devastating. Um, it doesn't make for an exciting match. Nope. And I mean, it does for a second until you realize they're just going to keep kicking out of each other's finishers and yeah. it's kind of like, oh, all right, what's going to Well, happen this time now? Roman had to get some back. So he put 27 spears on him and Brock kept kicking out of him. I, I think guess. he'll even put out like two spears or three spears on At him. At least three. I mean, well, two in the ring and then one to end the match where somehow Brock got himself between the ropes and the, and the cage and Roman goes to spear him, goes through the cage wall to the outside, in by the way, I will give credit to both performers here. One of the gnarliest bumps of the night. Like, I mean, go watch that in slow motion. Neither one of these these guys comes down happy. I mean, that's a gnarly bump for Brock uh, to come from that high with Roman Reigns on top of him. And Roman's arms and shoulders looked very awkward coming down the way they did on Brock. That just did not look pleasant. I was concerned about all. his head. It kind of looked like... Oh, if you go back and watch it in slow motion, it looks like Brock had him in like a spike DDT. And I thought Roman essentially took a forehead shot into the ground, into the chain link fence on the ground. So that was my concern when these guys were doing this. Of course, you could see the zip ties flying, and this was all a setup kind of thing. But not to rule it. Spoiler alert! Sorry, kids. Why, if you if you didn't watch it, but why are you spoiling kayfabe for I me, know, Nick? I know. Oh. Uh, but the interesting part of this is that if the chain link fence is there, technically, do they touch the ground? Well, so this is this is the thing is uh, this was a botched finish because the, as they they made sure to drive it home, whoever leaves the cage and both feet touch the ground first is the winner of the cage match, uh, whether that's through the front door, over the top, whatever. It's the feet that touch the ground first. They made sure to drive that in before this match. But yet. They gave it to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar wins because his back hits first, even though Roman's feet hit the ground first as they both tumble out the cage awkwardly and hit the ground. But did his back touch the ground or was he still on the fence? Uh, it touched it through the fence. I, oh I, I, I'll be William Regal. It's fine. Okay. It's, it, it, touched the, it touched the ground through the fence. Okay. Uh, Via the fence. By, <laughs> <laughs> he hit hard enough, man. He had, a, he had chain link uh, marks all over his back. Yeah. The, the point is, is that this was a botched finish uh, and they had to do damage control right away. And I'm curious to see how they do damage control going forward because this is going to be an easy thing for them to play off. Oh, the, the ref screwed up. Oh, you know, Brock is Vince's boy, so Vince made the call through the ref's headset. Right. Whatever they do to play this off, you know, and then Roman has something to bitch and complain about. Oh, I never really lost to Brock Lesnar. It was something else. You know what I mean? This is... This is more stuff they can play with. The, the fact that it was a botch doesn't matter at all. It was just awkward having the commentary try to pick up the pieces uh, after they'd spent you know the previous 10 minutes saying, feet touch the floor, feet touch the floor, and then someone wins because their back touches the floor first. So whatever. It was another Brock-Roman match. It did not go how I thought. I thought they were going to finally... I, I, was a, I was a sucker for the theory 
that they wanted a friendlier Roman Reigns crowd, which it was for the most part. Uh, it was mostly it, dead. It, they they didn't At really this point, love him. They were kind of done. They didn't. Well, can you? And they still had the whole Royal Rumble to yeah. go. At this point, uh, you know, the the one who had the most pop was Cena. I think, oh, of course, Cena Undertaker. You know, Roman not really that hot. I think Brock got a bigger reaction than yeah. Roman did. But uh, but the the fact of the matter is, Roman didn't win. Brock won. Brock retains. They're still going to keep the title on Brock. We're going to have Brock going forward, which now lends me to believe they're going to start bringing CM Punk into the conversation about the the length of the reign of Brock Lesnar. I don't know why else they would keep it on on him this long. They're going to reference it at some point, and they're going to reference when he passes Punk's mark. Uh, but so you think he's keeping it till it'd have to be at Money least SummerSlam. Money, Money in the, the bank. bank. Money in the Bank will happen just after he breaks the record. Ah, uh, okay. So I could see a cash in. A cash in loss for this, although that's how he lost it last time. This last last time he lost the belt was to a cash in. True. So uh, that was three years, four years ago. Yeah. So Ooh, I could okay. I could definitely see that happening again. Although that would be a cheap way to get it off of him. Yeah. But bottom line is this: Roman Reigns is not the champ. We still have it on Brock. You know, I, I you called this. You did say Brock was retaining. You you poor poor man to have to have that in your heart. No, it and it's one of those things where it's 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 some sour medicine to, to swallow, but it is what it is. And you know, I I I see the him. It, for me, it's not about the CM Punk thing. I think they're starting to recognize that Roman's not ready. I think they're starting to recognize that Roman isn't the guy. I think they're starting to recognize that nobody but Vince and Roman wants Roman to be the guy, and it's going to be a a little bit of a shuffle in this year. To figure out who that's going to be, because I I don't know if it's going to be Roman. Well, I have an idea of who it might be, but to talk about that, we have to go talk about the actual Royal Rumble okay. match itself. The uh, the fifty man, fifty man, fifty man Royal Rumble. Uh, I mean, this is just too much to talk about piece by piece. I think we just need to talk about the most memorable moments, and there is no moment more memorable on this entire show than Hornswoggle. Uh, no, although I was really happy to see Hornswoggle. <laughs> I, was I was really, I was like, oh, little buddy's back. That's yeah. odd. He was fun. Just like, you know, dumb Hornswoggly, late 2000s fun. Fine. I was. Comes in, Samoan drop on Kofi Kingston. Perfect. Beautiful. Perfect time to bring him back. You yeah. know, I don't want to see his gimmick come back. I don't want to see him wrestling in WWE again. But Royal Rumble's the time to bring back those dumb old gimmicks. Uh, and, you know, that was fun. I was fine with it. No, no, no. I was going to say the most memorable moment would be Titus World, World Slide. Slide. Titus, uh, if you have not seen this, if you're just listening to us to get your recap fix, you need to go stop. Stop listening. Just push pause on our show and go to YouTube and go, and just and search for this. Titus O'Neil comes running down the ramp at, I think, 33 he was. Uh, he comes down the ramp full speed catches a toe at the bottom of the ramp and goes face first onto the mat and underneath the ring, all the way under the ring. This is why they need to stop dousing themselves in water and baby oil because they just keep. The, he just kept sliding. He just kept going. <laughs> and it, it came out later that night that there was some kind of sharp implement that he almost impaled himself well, with. Well, no, no, there was a strut that was right there too. When he goes underneath the ring, First of all, they didn't have the the uh, the usual uh, hard board there, right? With right. The, the the LCD screen or whatever it is. Yeah. They didn't have that, and if they'd had that, he would have definitely hurt himself when he went face first into it, full speed. Yeah. 
So he just went underneath the the ring apron. He literally went all the way underneath. But you can. <laughs> he had, I think, a toe still sticking out. Yes. But uh, you, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to keep a straight face. I, I feel like. <laughs> And, and credit I to Corey Graves. I feel like Corey Graves. Yes. Corey Graves lost it. So the so the announcer didn't see it at first. They just saw Titus like drop out of view, and they're like, "What happened to Titus?" And then and then they, they start queuing the up the replays. They show the replay, and Corey Graves loses it for a solid minute. Coach no sells it. Michael Cole loses it for a second, and then comes back. But Corey is just inconsolable for a full minute, losing his mind. Uh, and they could. <laughs> They showed the replay like 10 times. Yes. Whoever, Kevin Dunn, Vince in the back had to have been crying, laughing. Just like, show it again. Show it again. Keep showing it. Keep show, show that again. Because it it was so amazing. But yes, you could see the ring apron bending around a strut underneath the ring that Titus missed by inches. The fact that Titus wasn't seriously injured, he hopped, came back out, brushed himself off. <laughs> Dancer had jumped right in the ring and got right back into it. Like, just completely, no, nothing happened. We're good. Yep. Uh, It's a miracle that he was totally fine with that. But uh, uh, that was, God, that was, was 39 is what he was. He was entry number 39. Bless you, Titus. Bless you, Titus. You have, you have, you can go over to our Facebook discussion group. We had Titus memes up the hoo-ha over there. Jared McDonald was throwing him a Frank Swiss stack, gave us some good ones. Um, And, uh, I have to say, uh, so one of our one of our listeners, Deuce Elefante, called out that he thought it was a work. Uh, I I gotta say, dude, there's no way this was a work. No. There is no, you could not have done this intentionally. I don't Inten- think you could have done it well intentionally. You couldn't have done it this well intentionally because, I mean, this he's 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 so close to being injured in so many different ways. There's no way. There's no way. You can really like in slow motion, you can see him catch his foot, uh, so clearly. Yeah. That this wasn't like there it, was a lip where the the rubber mat hits the bottom of yeah. the ramp and it came up over it, but you can see his toe catch the end and of it's it. It's one of those things I'm always worried about when people run down that ramp. I'm to worried the about ring. blown out knees. Blown out knees. Okay, oh. you can see some of the guys like running very delicately when they come down there. Uh, this is one thing I always I've always worried about is that that when the ramp ends and everything begin and the the rest of the the floor begins, I'm I'm always worried about that weird transition there. And you see guys do like the little like shuffle run right as they get there. Yeah. This is why. This is why you shuffle run. Titus. I don't, I don't know how John Cena hasn't blown his knees out doing that for 20 years now. Oh, who's to say he hasn't? Uh, that's a good point. But, uh, oh, yeah. So so let's talk about some other memorable moments. Some surpri- a lot of surprise entrance. You called out Hornswoggle. Yes. Definitely a, a moment that popped me. Uh, there was randomly Hiroki Sumi, uh, a, a professional sumo wrestler, came out uh, very early on. He came out, I think, number seven. And you could hear the collective... Huh? Yeah. What? what? From the crowd. He was there basically <laughs> to face off against Mark Henry. They were fairly evenly sized. Sumi's a big dude uh, who I've never heard of before. Me either. But apparently is friends with, with Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. I don't know. Get a legit sumo wrestler in there. I'm, I'm entertained. I, you know? I, I heard a rumor. And again, rumor, rumor, rumor. That uh, when they were discussing the show... The crown prince has like I want to see these guys. I want to see John Cena. I want to see Undertaker. I want to see Yokozuna. Obviously, very difficult to get Yokozuna to perform these days. So that's I, delicate. <laughs> so 
I, you know, the, the speculation is, well, they just got another sumo guy. Yeah. And there you go. There's your, you like sumo guys? Here's a sumo guy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we also had some NXT call-ups that were surprising. You, guys we have not really seen on TV. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tucker Knight Tucker show Knight up. Show. Well, and I was, was like, why didn't they bring Dozovich? Why'd you bring Tucker? Well, Dozovich tweeted out, Tucky, yeah. during this whole thing <laughs> when he saw when he saw him on TV. I was surprised they didn't do Dozer too. I, I wonder if it's because they realized that Dozer is the kind of Shawn Michaels of the two of them, and Tucker's great. And it, you know, let's show let's show off a little Tucker beforehand, get him over before we have them come up together, so that people will recognize Tucker and he won't just kind of lose. The spotlight. Right. I don't know. I, I have no idea why they would call up Tucker and not Dozer. But uh, but they also called up a guy named Baba Tunde, who I'd never heard of. This nope. six foot ten monster. And, and a guy standing named, off against Braun Strowman was pretty uh, pretty special. Was it Braun that he faced off against? I I believe so. The big uh, tall guy. Yeah, yeah, I think Strowman came in and then just eliminated all the big dudes at once. Yeah. Uh, Baba Tunde, the other NXT call up, Dan Matha, who we've seen on TV in NXT, I think once or twice, but another just enormous dude. Uh, and then Strowman also put out Big E and and Titus O'Neil and a couple other dudes just right off the bat. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Strowman was the he set the new record for eliminations 13 wow eliminations and he came out late too he came out 41 and he eliminated 13 people he basically cleaned house he yeah. came out clean house and then took out most of everybody else and then they all ganged up on him they, multiple times yeah. and then he did the, the big uh, get off me he, spot where they, he you, you know, can hear the count uh, unfortunately yes yeah you could bad mic placement uh, a couple other uh, people that came out that was really cool great Kali Came back. Uh, he got a good reaction. Looked like crap as always, but yep. he got a great reaction. Uh, Shane McMahon. And so these these guys were announced. Great Kali, uh, Chris Jericho, Shane McMahon, and Rey Mysterio were all announced that they were going to come out. By the way, Rey Mysterio, another guy who got an enormous pop. Yep. Enormous I didn't expect pop. that at all. Holy crap, he got a pop. Uh, and he and looked great. Kind of, this, kind of the same thing he did at the other Rumble earlier this year. Fine. That's all Rey can do. It's great. Yep. You know, I, I'm happy to see him out there. Uh, Shane McMahon was there to do a couple of big spots. He did a coast to coast on Strowman at one point and then went for it again. Oops. And uh, Strowman caught him on the top turnbuckle and hucked him from the top turnbuckle to the announcer's table by the neck. Awesome. Best spot of the night period. Hands down. Yep. Legendary. That was Shane. Shane, you madman. Uh, anytime that, he gets in a match, he has to have a high spot like that. It is kind of his thing. It's his isn't thing. It? It's his thing. Poor bastard. But uh, this was definitely a you know back and forth anyone's game for most of it until the end when Strowman came in. Here's the thing. Uh, one of the other surprise entrants was Roderick Strong, and Roderick Strong. I think his most memorable moment in this was chopping the absolute crap out of the other big like the probably the other big story of the match. He, crap, he, he chopped the crap out of Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan came in at number one. Yes. And he was there until 48 other people were gone. He broke all of the records uh, for length of... Ray, Ray Mysterio previously had the record. 62 minutes, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Daniel Bryan went 13 minutes longer than that. Unreal. And he looked like hamburger at the end of this mostly because of Roderick Strong chopping the abs. I don't know if they were like flashing back to Ring of Honor or what the hell happened, but Roderick beat the crap out of Daniel Bryan. <laughs> he beat the crap out of him. 
I got to say, throughout the course of this, I was pretty confident in my pick. I was like, oh, okay, they're going to run. They're going to have a Daniel Bryan spot where they're going to run him end to end and have him win the whole thing. I could see that that could be a thing. It, I I thought that might happen too. Once they, I realized they were letting him go the distance. Uh, right until about the last five guys, I was like, yeah. damn, Daniel Bryan might do this. I might be wrong. When it came down to the end, and it was Braun Strowman, Big Cass, and Daniel Bryan, I went, ah. They're going to go with the feud and have Cass eliminate Daniel Bryan, which is exactly what happened. Yep. Have Cass eliminate him, keep him from history, keep him from winning the whole thing, which just throws fire on this very nascent feud that they're having over on SmackDown Live that doesn't have a whole lot of heat yet. Bam. Now it's got heat. So it made all the sense in the world, and they're not going to give this to big Cass right no. now. Uh, so When he it, came out there at the end, I think it was 49th. He was the second to last guy, if I yeah, remember correctly. He was 49, 49, that's So correct. it was one of those things where I was like, oh, damn it, really? <laughs> okay. So I, I agree with everything you His just said. His music is so underwhelming. Yeah, and, and just him coming out is so underwhelming. But the, the idea that as soon as he came out, I knew that Daniel wasn't going to win. The fix it. was in. Yeah. And, was like, and it was interesting it. because okay. there wasn't a lot of storytelling in this match. Like, not a lot of feuds outside of this match got advanced except for the Daniel Bryan big cast one. And then kind of a little bit Bobby Roode and Elias had a thing going on at the one point where uh, Elias... I could get into that. Elias had a good run there too. Elias looked real strong. He came in and eliminated most of New Day right off the bat. Um, and, and I he, love that he took his time going down the ramp. Oh, and yeah. he sang to everybody and he did oh, his whole he had, thing. He had the Elias moment. I mean, that's the great thing about his gimmick and the way that they presented it is it's very facile. Yep. You can have it with him in the ring, uh, with a spotlight on him, talking crap to the audience, you can have him walking around. You can have him backstage with a guitar. It can, it can hit so many different ways. He can hit his his gimmick, uh, and it and it works every way. And then he can get in the ring, and the dude dude looks good, and he can wrestle. So that's definitely a guy to look at, especially because he's gonna, looks like he's going to be feuding with Bobby Roode, which we both said we're not terribly excited about. But I'm look for I'm looking forward to being surprised by I, it. I like both those guys. I just yeah. I don't want to see face Bobby Roode anymore. That's really my I, I, I that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, we're gonna get it for a while longer though, yeah. just because they don't have they they they're balanced with faces and heels on Raw. So yeah. I don't see them turning him anytime soon. Well, there were also some notable absences um, in in this match of people that I expected to show up. Most notably, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Well, Kevin Owens was in it. He came out pretty close to the end. He came out 46, but he I wasn't. Must, in, I must have been napping. But I'm he. Sorry. <laughs> In one of the five times it took me to get through this this pay per view. So anyway, go ahead, continue. Well, no, I was going to say he came out. Uh, he came out close to the end, and he was eliminated eh, fairly quickly. Uh, you know, he there was some story there where he had beef with with Shane McMahon, and then of course number oh, 50, that's right. Yeah. Number fifty was Chris Jericho. Yeah, and I he remember had beef now. with Jericho, and he and Jericho were tussling for a while. And those I liked that. We called back the last year and a half of history. Great. Great. I love it when WWE does that. They don't do that enough. Yep. We all remember, damn it. Like, we, yes, some of our short-term memories is is not good, but some of it, we remember the damn festival of friendship. Yes, we do. That sticks in our minds. And that year and a half worth of uh, of team, teaming up together with of each course. other. So yeah. It's a big deal. So I like the fact that they booked it that way, where Kevin Owens was there mostly just to kind of touch on those feuds and then gets eliminated by Strowman. Yep. Who we should say? Uh, well, the other person that wasn't there, like you said, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn wasn't there. That's a little bit of a sore spot because he wasn't there. Uh, the, he in kayfabe, they're saying because he was sick or whatever, right? He was saying to Kevin Owens, he, he's sick or whatever. He can't. He can't go. He is a Syrian Muslim. Mm. 
Mm. And Wahhabism is not exactly uh, very, mm, how should I say, accepting of other, uh, other, other Muslims, and uh, especially Syrians. Okay. So Sammy had a number of reasons, whether it was his choice, whether it was Saudi Arabia, like, could you just have the Syrian Muslims stay home or what it was? Sammy was not there for other reasons uh, that uh, I did not know that were, were did not exactly. Now it all kind of makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I can imagine that Sammy being as um, much a kind of stand his ground guy as he is would have said, you know, what? I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm not doing I'm not going and, and doing this little song and dance for this regime. I can also see the regime telling him to stay home. I can see WWE just being sensitive and be like, let's just not, mm, yeah, let's, let's not, not take it. Let's not take a chance. Let's not poke that bear. For whatever reason, Sammy wasn't here. Yeah. But the winner, my pick, the one that should have been your pick because he's your boy, Braun Strowman. Yeah, well, that was just too obvious. That was why I didn't but pick him. But big guys don't win rumbles. Exactly. Typically, unless it's Kane. You know what I mean, but 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 big guys don't win him. Well, the, he was the only one that made sense, except for Daniel Bryan. He was the only other one that made sense, and it made more sense because they want to put the rocket on Strowman, yep. and they did. The rocket has been strapped. The dude won this. It's going to be. It's the crowd loves him, even in Saudi Arabia. Like he's up and coming. He's going to be a huge superstar. Yeah, he really is. And, and, and I'm was, not mad at either of our picks. Honestly, I think they were both right to, to pick those. Well, they were, yeah, they were the, obviously know? the ones that they wanted you to think were going to go. Yeah. I mean, they came down to Daniel Bryan, Cass and Stroman. And the only reason Daniel, Daniel Bryan didn't go over is because of Cass. Like yeah. it, that was, those were the two finals really. Yeah. So ultimately we end up with, I got a paltry four right out of 10 potential picks and you got eight. Yep. Eight. Yeah. yeah, I, I, uh, I, eight out of ten, sir. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, I, I apparently I suck at WrestleMania, but the rest of the year, <laughs> I'm money. Well, this year's WrestleMania played into my strong suits of doing crazy fantasy booking because it was so unpredictable. Good that's point. that's the only reason I did well. That's a good so point. Let's be clear about I, that. I'll yeah, be my 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 solid uh, logical approach did not work for this year's WrestleMania yeah. because logic did not show up there. <laughs> so let's have some final thoughts, man. Let's let's wrap this up. Uh, what did so. We're coming back here in November. Uh, I, I doubt it will be another Greatest Royal Rumble. It might be Survivor Series. Who knows what they're going to do? Or just even more of a glorified house show. Um, are we going to have another Greatest Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble next year? I mean, Braun got a belt. Not only did he get a trophy, there was a belt, a championship belt. Does that mean that this is going to be a belt that's defended every year? This is the new and Middle if, Eastern Championship? I don't you know. Right, exactly. Like, what does that mean? Um I mean, what? How does? How is the taste in our mouth after all of this? And especially because we are a week away from backlash, what? I mean, how are they going to build to backlash in a week? I wanted to like this before we get to backlash. I really wanted to like this, and I just didn't. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't have fun. I thought it was mostly boring. I'm just. I'm putting that out yeah, there. The no? spectacle of it in being in Jeddah and the size of that arena and the amount of pyro that they just you know threw money at, Holy, like they were yeah. just making it rain that was the spectacle of it i was really entertained by but i mean just i didn't i sat there for five hours just going i I don't care about any of this wow and i wanted to and i really wanted to and it was one of those i was just disappointed i think is my is my ultimate i I have to i have to admit i wasn't exactly you know on the edge of my seat for this show uh but while i was watching it i wasn't mad at what i was seeing uh in terms of entertainment value again it was a house show i love watching these guys work 
But yes, it was not thrilling. Uh, the one thing that stuck in my craw, though, was the amount of pyro. With the amount of damage control that WWE has done in the U.S. as to why they're not putting pyro on their regular shows or even their pay-per-views, except for a little bit at WrestleMania, to have this much pyro thrown at you, multiple entrances, you had guys coming out, Bobby Lashley coming out for the Royal Rumble had pyro. Yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> what Really? Because it really, at the end of the day, pyro does enhance an entrance. It really does. And when you've built a lot of these entrances around pyro and then they're not there, AJ Styles is where you have the explosions, the, the sound of the explosions, but you don't actually have the explosions. Kane, where you have fake fire. Uh, Brock Lesnar, even his little like, you know, uh, little jump at the top of the stage. Um, it doesn't feel as momentous as when there's the, the big pop of pyro at the same time. And if you've ever seen one live, it's loud as shit. Oh, it definitely, it's it definitely blows loud. you back in your yeah. seat. Uh, and it's very impressive. So this really does fly in the face of all of that damage control and publicity they've been putting out there. Like, no, 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 we don't need pyro. This is more, this is exciting enough without the pyro. Really? Cause you just got paid 200 plus million dollars. And well, do we have an official figure now? Do we know? No, I'm just, okay. that's not putting it out there. Uh, what, or whatever it was. Yeah some huge amount of money and now you can afford pyro it's it 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 definitely left a, a bit of a salty taste so we mentioned that not a lot of belts changed hands frankly no did anything belts. change hands so is it kind of just a, a vacant title got awarded that was it fair okay so how do we build towards backlash now what have we got to look forward to this week did anything change or is this a bump in the road I mean, you, you've had some stuff set up already for backlash. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, most of the women's matches are set up because it wasn't like they were going to get wah, advanced this wah. week. Wah, wah. Uh, but at the same time, you had some stuff get set up. We know Samoa Joe will be facing Roman Reigns. We know that uh, Jeff Hardy's going to defend his title probably against Randy Orton, I would guess. Um, there's other stuff like uh, I think the U.S. title probably or the Intercontinental belt will probably be defended. But we don't know. We don't know yet. They've got a week. They have two shows. In order to build these, uh, AJ Nakamura, they're having a rematch. Yes. Well, we've got go home shows this week to take care of those. Um, we do. Yep. Yep. And we will be discussing those later in this week. So uh, I think that wraps it up for the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, come back and listen to us later this week when we will be talking about the go home shows for Backlash, which we hope will be a much more exciting pay per view where things actually happen. Well, I heard a rumor than, that uh, that Monday Night Raw is headed to Montreal this week and oh, it's one of those really? where you're it's one of those special cities where you're like oh, they're going to be hype. Oh boy. Okay. Well, guys, definitely come over and join us in the Facebook discussion group, uh, the Busted Wide Open Facebook group, and follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcasting. Hey, if you like this show and what we do, head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. Throw a dollar in the tip jar. Sign up to do your very own shoot promo here on the show. And if you want to rock some sweet swag, you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up a t-shirt, phone case, hoodie, coffee mug, all that good stuff over there. And also, when you're listening to us later this week and we're talking about NXT and 205 Live and, oh, we have New Japan stuff to talk about. Oh, boy. Oh, something something big happened over there that we are going to have to talk about. I am, I am beside myself. Uh, after you listen to that show, make sure to hit the like button, the share button, the subscribe button, whatever your podcast app of choice allows you to do. Leave us a review. Uh, give us five stars. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what you'd like to see improve. We love constructive criticism. And tell us what we could do to make the show a better listening experience 
for you guys. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, somebody stop the damn match. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.